Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit unitechurchak.org. Now, enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. So today we're going to talk about living to serve. So God has shaped us in a special way, and he shaped us for purpose, kingdom purpose, and we are called to serve, but we actually live to serve. So if we're recapping our series, uh, we're talking about that serving is actually the foundation of kingdom life. It's the foundation for church life. It comes in serving. Jesus said, I came to serve. And he says, love looks like this. I come and lay my life down for my friends. We're going to get some of these scriptures today. But love drives serving. And in our first message, we're saying it's like skipping leg day. Don't skip leg day, right? It's the foundation of the church. All of your gifts that you could ever use are going to be built on first a heart of love that expresses itself in serving others. Amen? And then last week, uh, Lee Yarbrough was preaching about that we all have a call. What is the call God has given you in your life? And are you responding to that call or have you given up and settled on that call when God is really wanting you to get the fullness out of what he designed you for? But that takes sacrifice along the way in the journey of your life, giving and serving, loving, is going to require sacrifice. It's going to be hard. You're going to give up comforts. You're going to give up your wants and desires so that you can see the thing that God has in the kingdom designed for you, he prepared for you. You can see that come about. Amen. Today we're going to talk about that we just live. Our whole life is to serve. Our whole life, our whole being and I hope you guys get that. And, and, and I think, like I said, this message to me, just even preparing it, is enormously convicting. And so there's a fine line between when someone like a human person, like I'm a human, if you didn't notice, um, is talking about a, a godly thing, like a kingdom principle. These are God's principles and what he is saying. I'm just a translator, right? I'm just saying this is what, how God challenges all of us. I'm not saying I'm perfect or I do this perfectly. We're all being challenged in this way. It is a fine line when we hear how strong God speaks to us and then when like just a normal Joe or Josh starts to tell you what God says, okay? It could feel like manipulation from me. Conviction from the Lord and manipulation from me. I'm not trying to get something from you today. I do believe your best life is in serving, not just serving me. So you can't serve me. It's not your best life, I promise. You'll be digging a lot of holes. <laughs> you just serve me, you'll like be in dirt, you'll be building stuff, digging holes. That's not your best life. Fun, but. If we're going to talk about giving and this whole concept of giving where you live, you have responsibility where you have reach, right? If you want to think about give where you live is your responsibility is where you have reach, we must start with understanding what we are giving and who it belongs to. What are you giving and who does it belong to? All right, so Matthew 28, 18 says this. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Okay, who has all authority? Okay, yay. Do you have any? Zero, right? Okay, none. You actually don't 
have it. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. Ephesians 1.22, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Oh, some people are like, I don't know about this church thing. I'm not sure about church and serving in church. Churches just take everything from you. They'll just suck you dry. I hear people say stuff like this. I'm just like, Arr. Jesus has all authority for the benefit of the church. This doesn't mean all churches are great, okay? And they always do good stuff or everything churches are doing is even empowered or inspired by the Lord. There's a lot of carnal life involved in the church because there's a lot of carnal people running them and attending them, by the way. It's just who we are. We're this mixture of God's amazing glory and grace and perfect righteousness just all kind of jumbled up as we're letting go of this old nature. This old nature still makes mistakes and influences the church. But we have to see what God has authority to empower. What is he building? And so first we have to know who is the owner. Who is the owner of authority or empowerment? And who is the owner of your life? Who's the owner of your life? specifically. The Bible tells us that when we give up ownership of our life to Jesus, when we make him Lord, that, this isn't just a phrase we say, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. Blessings on you every Sunday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Right after my Sunday meal. My nap begins, all right? That is, not, that is not Jesus, the Lord of your life. Right? Lord is master, and that makes us servant. Lord is owner, possessor of all. He has all authority. And when we give our life to Jesus, we make him Lord. It happens supernaturally in the spirit when he purchased you and purchases your, he purchased your sin and when you experience the forgiveness of that sin, he comes into your life and he dwells within you. This is a powerful experience and moment. And then there is this my will versus his will. And sometimes we have this big, and it feels like a cosmic struggle. And we go, it's so hard to give up my will. Oh, and, and, and I don't know how I can just submit this to God. And it feels in some ways as if he's taking something from us. <laughs> this, is why, this is one of the reasons why I started teaching on tithes and offerings just a little bit in the middle. Because we have to understand what belongs to God and what belongs to us. And when we think all of our money belongs to us, then when we give it, it's very painful. We're like, I'm giving 10% of my stuff to you, Lord. Oh, the pain. <laughs> it's a wrong thinking. You think it belongs to you. You actually think you're the owner, but it says Jesus is the owner. 
And this is where it gets really easy. You're like, Lord, I have to give up all my life, all my things, all my stuff, all my wants, all my desires. And you're like, oh my gosh, see, that's really, really hard when you see you as the owner. But instantly, when, and then it's like, oh, I'm afraid of how well it's gonna go or what's gonna happen. If I do this, then that can happen. And then if I make this mistake, then that can happen. Am I gonna make, am I gonna fall out of the will of God? Am I gonna not reach my destiny and all this kind of stuff? When you're the owner, it is a rat race and is overwhelming. The fear, the concern, the worry. You're not shaped to be the owner of your life. You don't have the grace to be the owner of your life. You're actually not strong enough to be that, smart enough to be that. You don't have foreknowledge. That's a pretty cool thing to have foreknowledge. How cool would that be? We always look back and we go, hindsight's 2020. Oh, if I would have only known that I wouldn't have done that. Oh, if I could only see in the future, then I would do awesome things. That's what life is like when you're the owner. You're not made to be the owner. God is actually shaped and made to be the owner. He wants to be the owner, but we have to give up ownership. All of it. Galatians 2.20 says this, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live this, this earthly body by, in, I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The one you can trust is always trustworthy and never fails. We just give up all ownership to him. When I see God as the owner, it makes me now the steward. I'm actually only the steward of my life and time. So when I go before the Lord, it's actually way easier to give him his time because it belongs to him. Lord, how do you, okay, pastor's preaching all this stuff about giving, and I felt like he's just trying to take something from me. Like, God, he just keeps taking and taking. I'm like, I'm trying to take something from you. I'm encouraging you to find out who's the owner. And then, before you make a decision, you might want to ask the owner of the stuff what he wants to do with it. When we're making decisions, it's really important to know who is the owner, right? But first, we have to understand we have given up all of our life for Christ to live in us. And when we see him as the owner and us as the steward, then all of our things now belong to him, our time. Every second you have to breathe belongs to him. Everything you could have ever earned belongs to him. Your kids, your spouse, uh, all of your ministry, any titles, all that stuff, it just all belongs to him, and it is resources in his hand to be used the way he sees fit because the owner is the decision maker. So true disciples look like this, Luke 9, 23. Jesus said, to them all. So now, I say to you all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves Take up their cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. You get what you give up. The good stuff is what you give up. You give up ownership, and that's the key thing. God, you're the owner, I'm the steward. I wanna keep my roles right. You start to struggle when you try to be the owner. Just keep him in his spot. 
Taking up your cross every day is a great discipline because we put him in the ownership seat and us in the stewardship seat. I no longer live, but Christ, you who live in me, you're the owner of my lifetime, resources, talents, treasure, everything. What do you want to do with what you own? Then it's not actually giving, it's just bringing to him what belongs to him. This is why tithing becomes very easy and why it's so important, church. You have to get ownership or you don't get the kingdom. You don't understand. He says he opens up the windows of heaven far beyond what any money could ever give you. It's beyond that because God's the owner. And it's like a constant discipline of all of the things you're putting your life into. Lord, you're the owner. That's not, that's not my money. I'm checking up on the church to see how they do. You, just, you, you bring your money to him. And he says, just discipline 10%. Let me show you what's gonna happen. Trust me as the owner. Starts to open up the windows of heaven, pours out a blessing you can't contain. Your life is just like your money. You're called to bring it all to him. All of it. Whatever the Lord is telling you to do, when he's the owner, you're the steward, you really don't have an opinion. Uh, your opinion isn't really valuable. It, it has no foreknowledge. It knows nothing about what's gonna happen next and what God could do for you next. So why do we inject ourselves? Self, self, into it. it. Mostly because we're afraid, if we're being really honest. We're scared of how it could go bad and wrong and we wanna control it, fear controls. That's if we're just being really straight. We just get scared. And God goes, I get it, you're scared. It's really hard for you to understand. Trust in the Lord in all your ways, right? Lean not on your own understanding, which is gonna lead you to fear and control and all kinds of problems. In all your ways, acknowledge me, and I will make your path straight. He, when he's the owner, it starts to work. It's a really cool parable that Jesus teaches in Matthew 25. I didn't put up the scripture. It's just so big. I've got a lot of scriptures to go through today. But he talks and teaches about being a good steward. He says he entrusts to those talent. This represents money in the Bible, but it really represents your whole life. And he gives some a certain amount, others a larger amount, and others even bigger. And he says, steward this well. I'm coming back to give an account. The faithful stewards took what he had given them, took his finances and resources, not theirs, and stewarded it well. And he comes back and he says, look at what you did. You doubled my stuff. Not your stuff. You double my stuff. Nice job. I'm going to give you more of my stuff. Because you're faithful. High five. Good and faithful servant. That would be the Josh version of the Bible. High five. Let's do some more. God wants to see people encounter his love and fill and populate heaven. And he wants you and I to be a part of that. We can't lose sight of what we're stewarding. It comes all the way down to people's souls entering heaven in perfect relationship with God, made righteous by his love, by his mercy, by his sacrifice. That's what we're building. That is the church. That's it. Everything else is resources that belong to God, that we're called to be faithful to and steward with the best of our ability to see his kingdom come. So the question is, 
Are you a steward? Who's the steward of your life? And then, uh, if you're going to be, or who's the owner of your life, right? If you're an owner, then are, are you the owner or are you the steward, right? And what do you want to be? God says, you're called to be the steward, right? Then the next question is, is if you're going to be a steward, what kind of steward are you going to be? A faithful one? Cross your fingers, come on, baby. Let's be a faithful one. A good or a bad one? There's good and bad stewards, right? The bad steward, he goes, you're not gonna get much. You just took everything I gave you. You buried it in the ground and kept it for you because you're scared. It didn't belong to you in the first place. What are you scared of? It's my stuff. Why are you so scared of losing my stuff? He thought that his master was bad. He thought that the master would punish him for making mistakes, right? By trying, instead he's like, the guy got kind of punished because he did nothing. He didn't even try to steward God's stuff. God's asking you to be a steward and a good steward. If you're going to be a good steward, you have to understand the owner's business. What is his business? The heart of service to our master's business, the foundation of this is love and relationship. If you want to understand God's business, love and relationship. He's drawing all men unto him that they might be saved. He gives you the tools of love empowered by the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 13, he says, love never fails. It conquers all. It never gives up. It doesn't give up because it's tired. And it's like, oh, this sermon stuff is too hard for me. Yeah, it's too hard for you. It's not because you're using you. Die. Die to you and just be a steward of God's stuff. Let him sort it all out. John 15, 9 says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commands, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my command. Love each other in the same way that I've loved you. Look at this. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus is talking about the way he's going to serve, and he says, you're going to do just what I did. Die. It's going to be so great. He's like, "How we got, this sounds crazy. How is me dying going to lead to such great life? Because in the death of you comes the glorious like resurrection of Jesus. You die, and now it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives. Look, he loves you, but when you are like him, it's way better. <laughs> it doesn't have any, he, you're so valued, he makes you like him. And it's, this way better, I trust, I trust me, when we, every way that we align our life to living like Christ and living the Christ in us, which is a dead living, laying down one's whole life. He didn't lay down part of his life, he laid down it all, right? In the same way, that's how you are to serve and love others. Just lay it all down. Look at Matthew 25. 34, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from uh, the creation of the world. For, so this is what I want you to get. Pause for one second. What does it look like to lay down your life for your friends? All right? What does it look like 
to give where you live, to serve? What does it look like to give up your life and love others the way Jesus did? Okay, verse 35. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick, you cared for me. I was in prison, you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison or visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these of my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So this is what I want us to get. People are God's stuff. Every single person is God's creation. They're his kids. They belong to him. They're his. And so everything we do to them is doing it to him. Anybody ever mess with one of your kids? Especially moms? It's like, uh uh-uh, I don't think so. You you know what I'm saying? You feel a fraction of the protectiveness that God feels towards his stuff because you're only a steward. He's the owner. He actually owns it. He created it. We were a part of his creative process. I mean, like, you didn't sit down and fashion, moms, and dads, every little cell and make sure and tend to every cell in your child's body to make sure it doubled perfectly according to the DNA written in its code given by the ultimate creator. Right? You're like, every day your baby doubles? Well, one, I don't know how you survive. Two, it's a crazy miracle that God is tending to and doing and you and I are stewarding. Don't smoke in pregnancy. Amen. All right. (laughs) Not being a good steward, right? Don't do drugs. Not being a good steward of what you're tending and you're caring for, which belongs to him. Just saying. If you're going to be a good steward, you have to understand it belongs to him. You have to know your master's business. His business is love. And it's the full spectrum of every living being on the planet. Every living thing on the planet. We're called the steward. Trees, right? Dogs, even if you don't like them, you're supposed to steward them. Love them. Be a good steward. To be a good steward, we must see what is important to the owner. Do you see what is important to the owner's business? What are the things God is wanting you to see so you can accomplish, he can accomplish his mission through you as the steward? So God is crazy because he doesn't just do all the stuff. He gives his stuff to his kids to steward. And he says, you're going to steward that, and I'll resource you, empower you to do it, we're going to do it together because that builds this amazing thing called relationship. So love and relationship are God's number one priorities. They're the things that are the most important to the owner, to God. 
Paul says this in Acts 20, 23. That the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city, jail and suffering lie ahead. That sounds awesome. But my life, look, is not, my life is worth nothing to me unless my life is worth nothing to me. This is how Paul figured out. Unless I use it for finishing the work God assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Steward. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. You have an assignment. You need to know what it is. And you need to take your life, give it, die to yourself, and become a steward. And then steward the mission and assignment that God has given you and finish it. Paul says, I ran the good race. I finished the fight. He went to the very end. Good stewards give up their life and never pick them back up. And the more he entrusts to you, the more important this is to continue to give, continue to guide, continue to serve. Finishing well, huge deal, different sermon. Here's a, here's a cool Bible example where we see Jesus really show us how to do this well. Luke 10, 30, Jesus replied with a story. They're asking, who is my neighbor? A Jewish man was traveling, or who should I serve, okay? Who should I love and lay my life down for, if you want to think about it like that? A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed by him. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. See that? When he saw the man, the man. When he saw the man, not the problem, not the inconvenience, not what it would do to his status. When he saw the man, he had compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time that I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? And this uh, Pharisee who asked him this question was like, I shouldn't ask that question. He says, uh, yeah, the one guy that looks awesome in the story, okay? Um, and he goes, go and do the same. Go do the same. Okay, so now God is, Jesus is now giving us an instruction to be like this good Samaritan. You see that? And he's saying, this is what real love looks like in action. This is what you being a steward of what I'm entrusting to you looks like. I'm entrusting to you the life of the man on the side of the road. Like that's the thing that he was really called to steward was the life of the man on the side of the road. What did he use? 
And how did he even get there? The first thing is, is the way he saw. How did he see this situation? The Pharisee, of course, comes through, and he just sees himself wrong. I am the owner of my life. He's, the Pharisee sees himself that I am really important. My time is really important. My time is really valuable to me and to others. Listen, this sounds like an American, okay? <laughs> a business executive, whoever, any kind of leader. Oh, my time is so valuable. Oh, really? Your time is so much more valuable than my time? <laughs> well, that's why I'm going to let you cut in the line in front of get the hamburger. Okay, I get it, because you're an executive. No. Look, we all have time in life that's given by God to steward. It belongs to him. And our job is to see what he sees as important and to not see ourselves as more important than we should. That's Romans 12. If you want to find it in the Bible, you can go dig it up. When we see ourselves as too important, then our time is too important. And then we're like, ah, I just don't have the time to serve in such a low way. And this ministry is really kind of really somebody else's. I'm not really made for that. Sometimes we're like the temple servant and we're too busy. He actually kind of like looks and goes, oh, there's a problem. And it says he came over and looked at the guy's problem, right? And he goes, oh, this is kind of a problem. Then he decides probably I'm just a little too busy because I work for other guys. You know, I'm a temple servant, so I really got to get off to my job before I get in trouble taking care of this Samaritan or this person, this person on the side of the road. He's not a Samaritan. Then the Good Samaritan guy, of course, he's the hero of the story. He's our example. He really is Jesus. This is who Jesus would be. He'd say, this is, I lay my life down for my friends. I want you to do the same thing, right? It's no longer you who live. It's I who live through you. I'm showing you what this looks like. And you need to see what's important to me. I'm the owner. You're the steward. I want you to see what's important to me. It looks like meeting the needs of the sick, the needy, the hurt, the lonely, the lost, the broken. That's what real stewardship Looks like taking care of my kids. Look, there's a kid on the side of the road who has a need. He's one of mine. I want you to come over. And it says the guy stopped and he saw him. And then he bandages, he picks this guy up and he bandages this guy's wounds. Because he did not see his time as too valuable. He didn't see himself as, well, that these Jew guys or whatever, like he's a Samaritan, which they always like, thought that their race was a sub-race. The Jews thought that Samaritans were like a sub-race and they were beneath them or whatever. And I guess we're imagining this guy on the side of the road. It says a Jewish man, right? He says he was a Jewish man. This Jewish guy, this like guy who's supposed to be sub-him, you know, is like taking care of this guy who's supposed to be more important or whatever. Jesus is saying, none of that stuff matters. It doesn't matter who you see. All these kids are my kids. And every single living human being is of equal value and equal needs to myself. That, that's, that's how God sees us. So much so that he left his heaven and he died, gave up his whole life. But this Samaritan saw that he has no time. It's all the Lord's. So, Lord, what do you want to do in this moment? So we come across the moment one, we see what God sees. God, what do you want me to see today? I'm your steward. If you want to be someone who is a tremendous giver, like giver, you, you want to be somebody who is master servanthood, which means you will master whatever gift God gave you. That's the foundation. You can't get to your great glorious gift unless you master servanthood first, which means you have to see God right. You have to see yourself right. 
God is the owner, you're the steward. You have to see your time right. God, this is all your time and I'm giving it up for you. I'm not actually, it's not my time to, to say what is going on. I don't have time, it's all the Lord's. I am a servant to all and nothing is beneath me. I live to serve. Everyone is valuable because God made them valuable. This is how this Samaritan sees. We need to see the same way. He's a precious treasure. This person's a precious treasure to God. And now he's a precious treasure to me. A really good steward like this Samaritan says, whatever it takes, I'll become, like Paul said, all things to all men so that some might experience your love or be saved. Like Jesus said, no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. And I love how the Samaritan, he doesn't just bandage the guy's wounds or pay somebody to do it. He bandages his wounds himself and he stays with him and he cares for him and uses all his resources available to him to care for this guy. And then he pays for it all. That all cost him time, money, his resources. It was a lot. And then he says, look, I'm even going to come back and check up on this deal because I care about it so much. He could have said, hey, when the steward got, I mean, when this guy who gets hurt is, is better, he can pay for the rest of the bill, right? But none of it belonged to him. And he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And that is what God is asking us to do is to do this. Colossians 3, 5. So put to death the sinful and earthly things lurking within you. Put to death those things. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy. Look at this. For greed, or greedy person, is an idolater, worship, worshiping the things of this world. Greediness is wanting things for yourself. All right, it's okay to have nice things. When, God, when you're stewarding God's stuff and you get to participate in his stuff and nice stuff is in your life. But it's all his, not yours. And he wants you to be blessed. You will be blessed if you stewarded stuff well. Joseph stewarded his stuff well, totally blessed. To the, I mean, he became fair. That guy lived good, but he was a steward. Didn't belong to him. He stewarded the same in prison as he did in the palace. How are you stewarding? The same in your lowest time to the same of where God would elevate you. It's the same stewardship principles because none of it belongs to you or to me. And when greed comes in, it's the things I could get for me, the time I could keep for me, the money, the resources I could keep for me. Then we are worshiping those things we need or want. This is the part where I was wanting you to hear Alan Ross's voice, okay? Guard up your loins. <laughs> the message is going to be hard. Listen, do not worship anything but Jesus. He is the only one to be worshipped. That's it. I'm not telling you what to do with your stuff, time, talent, treasure, money. I'm not God. Serving me is not serving Jesus. Serving Jesus is serving Jesus. He's Lord. He's Master. He's the owner. We've got to see him as that. How can you and I become good Samaritans like this? I think I have a little slide. I, I don't know where it is in your thing, but it, it shows just when he's the owner and the decision maker. You guys, is that a slide? No? I don't know. I want it to be one. Really bad. 
when you, listen, I want you just to get this before we close. When you are, when you make you the owner, you're the decision maker. Okay, the decision maker is the owner. Just sit on this for a second. So, it, if you're a steward and God's the owner, before you do anything, don't you think it'd be wise to ask the owner what he wants to do with his stuff? So before we give anything, we have to understand what it, who it belongs to, whose stuff it is. Because we are purely not the decision maker. We are just the steward. And we are there only saying, God, what do you want to do with your stuff? You look at your time, 24 hours, as many days as God gives you or, you're, or you happen to survive, okay? Lord, today, what do you want to do with your stuff, your time in this vessel of service for you? I want to give where I have responsibility. I want to, re, I want to, I want to have, I have reach where I have responsibility. I want to sow where God has planted me. I'm going to give where I live. However you want to think about it, I'm a steward of your time. Lord, what do you want to do with your time today? I want to see, I dare you pray this. I dare you to pray this today. God, I want to see what's important to you today. And when you see it, you go, Lord, how do you want me to steward this need that's in front of me? Just do what he says. I promise you, your best life is when it's you who no longer live. Look, Galatians 2.20, right? My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I live to serve. I live to be a steward. Give my life for what the owner of my life wants to do with my life. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Easy when you're dead. So easy when you're dead, church. That should be a shirt, right? But that's between you and Jesus. And you know what? It doesn't matter what age you are. You're like, well, I'm too old for this. My life's already gone. Your life's not gone because you have today. I see you right now. You're breathing. You're here. Lord, whatever the amount of time, resources, talent, energy that I have, it belongs to you. I want to give where I live. I live to serve, but I serve the owner we get really messed up when we're serving people first. Because when they make mistakes, we're like, you just wrecked my life. That's actually not possible. You don't have a life. And when people say, get one, don't listen. You don't want one. You don't have the grace to steward it. You want God's life. Christ lives in me. You're like, I don't want a life. Because God already has a life, and he gave it to me, and he gave it up for me, and that's the life that I have. It's no longer I who live. So, Lord, what do you want? I'm going to steward that today. I promise in that space, 
you're gonna experience the grace, the love, the resources, the, ab the abounding, uh, like, fulfillment. Even like Paul says, he's like, dude, I'm going to Rome or other places. I'm gonna get shipwrecked and I'm gonna get beaten and oh my gosh, it's gonna be a joy to the Lord. I can't wait. You're like, this guy's nuts. Yeah, he's, he's dead. And he had seen the kingdom of God and he looked to the treasure and the reward of his good heavenly father and what God was gonna give him, not what he could get for himself. Listen, if you be the owner of your life, you're gonna get what you can provide for yourself. And then it's gonna be over, that's it. Do you want what you can get for you? Or do you want what God can give you? <laughs> right? You, we get to choose, you get to choose today. But you must put on the mindset, the proper mindset to receive the Lord has for you today. It's your mindset. It's about seeing him right, seeing you right. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Father, we love you. God, your love is so good. We worship you. Lord, I pray today that my heart, my life would be shifted. I would no longer see my life as belonging to me, but God, I would see it as belonging to you. Come on, let's do this right here. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Come on. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. You might be here today and you're like, Pastor, I have never made Jesus the Lord of my life. Maybe you've gone to church for a long, long time, but he's never been made Lord. Maybe you have heard lots of things and sermons or whatever, or you've never even come into a church, you never heard about Jesus before, it doesn't matter. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of that sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And whosoever calls on his name will be saved. Whosoever, if you believe in your heart and <clears throat> confess through their mouth, you'll be saved. That is making Jesus Lord. If you're here today, if everybody just eyes closed around the room for a moment, if you're here today and say, Jesus, I wanna make you Lord of my life. And maybe it's, you've been a Christian, you think or whatever, it's fine, you've been saved, but Jesus hasn't been Lord. So from those of you that maybe are gonna give your heart to Jesus for the first time, or I need to give lordship up because I've been the owner and God's been, God's been just whatever around, but I wanna make him the owner and be the steward. Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Will you stretch your hand up in the air if you're here today and you're like, that's me. I'm ready to give my life to the Lord. Anybody here, Jesus? I wanna make you Lord. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Yeah, I see your hand, buddy, thanks. Awesome. So I want us all to do this together out loud from your heart. Jesus, you are Lord. Come on, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I am only a steward, you are Lord. Come save me, rescue me today. Father, fill me with your love today and I give up all of my life so that no longer I live, but Christ, you live in me. Amen, church.
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.